Hello and welcome to the Spirit World Center. We are answering more questions from the internet, and I got another interesting one from Quora. The question is, is there another realm out there where you're tricked into joining during your spiritual awakening? If so, what could they possibly get from me? I had to give this question some thought. Now, in terms of another realm, uh, okay, what I would say is that there are various spiritual groups out there. Maybe not even in terms of tightly defined groups, but in terms of various polarities, various beings who you might be drawn towards based on certain personality traits of your own. And I would say that after a spiritual awakening, and also through a lifetime of spiritual work, it is very important to bear in mind as to where you can be drawn. And uh, so in getting into this, I would like to talk about something that used to be quite broadly talked about in occult circles, but it doesn't quite get the publicity nowadays, except in maybe the uh, uh, the New Age um, Ascension community and such. And uh, that is the idea of, you know, kind of ascended masters or these, these great and enlightened spirits that are helping to guide humanity. Um, and this, this has really old roots. Uh, I'd like to introduce you to this term, uh, the Great White Brotherhood. And uh, I just want to clarify from the beginning, it has nothing to do with race. And it, it's, a, um, it's an old term. It goes back to the, uh, to the 1800s. Um, I can see the possibility of it being a bit uh, problematic and jarring. Um, and uh, so I'm, <laughs> I'm perfectly down with finding other ways to describe these things. Um, but within occultism of the time, you have the, the Great White Brotherhood, and this was essentially this, uh, this group of enlightened beings who were pulling the strings from behind. So let me just read the, um, the summary here from Wikipedia. All credit to uh, Wikipedia. Uh, so the idea of a secret organization of enlightened mystics guiding the spiritual development of the human race was pioneered in the late 18th century by Carl von Eckstossen. In his book, *The Cloud Upon the Sanctuary*, so already it has its uh, its origins in the uh, 1700s here. And uh, let's see what else have we got here. Yeah, so um, of course this this work then re found resurgence in um, the teachings of Helena Blavatsky, and she was the creator of uh, the Theosophical Society back in the uh, in the 1800s. And, uh, um, of course, in her, uh, let's see, going back to the summary here, in her 1877 book, Isis Unveiled, she called the revealers of her teachings the Masters of the Hidden Brotherhood, or the Mahatmas. And Blavatsky claimed that she had made physical contact with these adepts uh, in Tibet, but also that she continued to receive teachings from them through psychic channels and through her abilities of spirit mediumship. Now, uh, what's curious is that the next place that the the Great White Brotherhood shows up is uh, is actually within uh, really within the the resurgence of Western occultism in the late 1800s, and that is when it shows up in uh, in relation to the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, and 
so let's see what does wikipedia got here uh arthur edward Waite, who um to clarify he was one of the uh, the founders of the uh, of the hermetic order of the golden dawn and this was a freemasonic order that uh or it was not part of freemasonry but it was a bunch of freemasons who got together and they were like hey let's create this lodge and we'll do all this cool magic stuff and we'll basically take all these ideas that we're getting from uh from india and all this tantric ideas and we'll merge that with all this grimoire and cabalistic stuff that we have and we'll kind of play with magic and we'll see what works within this lodge structure and this is the late 1800s and uh they um it, they were actually uh, an interesting order. They uh, they also got rid of the old uh, you know Freemasonic thing, and they started allowing uh, uh, they, they had men and women in their lodge. So it was uh, uh, they're pretty uh, pretty cool that way. Um, and so they started playing around with magic. And uh, let's see what does Wikipedia have here. Uh, so yes, Arthur Waite hinted at the existence of a secret group of initiates who dispense truth and wisdom to the worthy. And, uh, let's see what else here. A young Alistair Crowley, reading this, wrote to Waite and was directed to read von Eckenstart's uh, Eckhart Sofsen's book. I know I'm butchering that name. Uh, so Crowley's search for this secret wisdom eventually led him to become a neophyte in the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. This is very interesting, because you have Alistair Crowley, who, uh, you know, if you've looked into the occult, he's kind of the early 1900s uh, and late 1800s uh, quintessential, like, magician right uh and he was you know known as like the wickedest man on earth and everything so people have accused him of being this this black magic you know um he's a very controversial character and like he deserves to be controversial some of the stuff about him is really messed up uh but anyways a young crowley uh is led to become a neophyte in the hermetic order of the golden dawn and uh he basically was looking uh for this order uh that uh you know the, the hermetic order of the golden dawn was representing itself as the visible and earthly outer order of the great white brotherhood this is important to realize that you have the hermetic order of the golden dawn that is basically saying hey you know we're in touch with the secret chiefs we're in touch with the great white brotherhood these invisible beings who are bringing spiritual teachings to this world and uh uh and so you know in fact uh it's curious because um i can't remember if it's weight or mathers um but uh and, and of course if you're hearing this uh, and you're into tarot uh you'll definitely know arthur edward weight right the weight tarot deck um so i'm not sure if it was uh weight or um or uh, Mathers, the other found, one of the other higher-ups of the Golden Dawn. But one of them actually says that they met with the secret chiefs or with representatives of the Great White Brotherhood in person while walking through London one day. And so, I mean, there's really, there's really this thing going on with the founding of the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn where they are at least giving the appearance, right, that they are in contact with these higher intelligences that are, uh, that are moving things along. Now, whether this was just something that was being said to, you know, to their people joining the order to give it a certain uh, coolness, if you will, uh, you know, who knows, right? But what's, what's curious is that there is this nexus going on here where uh, these occult societies in the late 1800s are talking about being in contact with these, with these beings. 
Now, really, when I look at this, I see no problem. In fact, uh, in fact, I don't even look at it as that you have to have these like particular hierarchies going on or anything like that, right? Um, I look at it from a shamanic angle and I say, well, they're connecting with spirits. They're connecting with spiritual guides. They're connecting with beings who are helping them. And absolutely, there can be overlap. There can be various spirits, especially, you know, working with, uh, uh, with magic and with, uh, the, with the occult, with occultists at that time or helping to guide them in a certain way. This is absolutely what you find. You know, it's a, it's what you find uh, even within modern shamanism that, you know, you can meet another practitioner and you can share notes on how you've been working with this same being and how it, how this being comes through for both of you. And there's such amazing overlap. It's it's really a wonderful thing to meet with someone who's actually working with the same uh, some of the same beings that you are because just you, you can see the the personality as it manifests in both of your experiences. And uh, and I have you know. I've also had the wonderful opportunity in this life and uh, through the Spirit World Center to talk to so many people. And one thing I'll tell you is I have met with uh, a number of people of the, the, the Sufi faith, right? Sufism is a part, like it's a, it's a metaphysical side. It's um, mystic Islam, okay? It's a, it's a mystical tradition within Islam. And what you have within Sufism is the idea, again, of the secret chiefs. In fact, it's called the secret chiefs. Um, and this is very similar to what the uh, Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn was working with. They, they also said they had these secret chiefs. And this is the idea that there's these beings who are immaterial, right? They're, they're not currently incarnated. And they are helping to guide things. And they're guiding people from behind the veil, right? And I have, I've had the great fortune of talking with uh, a couple of practitioners of Sufism who talk about how they are guided by uh, by the saints, certain saints of Sufism, who basically connect with them psychically, telepathically. And these are beings that aren't alive anymore, right? These saints are, you know, they're not alive anymore. And uh, uh, basically part of the path of Sufism for these, for these uh, people I've talked with is about getting in touch with these beings. And then their teaching, their, you know, a lot of their development comes from direct, direct teachings from these beings. So this is certainly something that uh, I have seen in relation to Sufism. And also I have had the great um, pleasure of uh, meeting with a number of people as well who practice Western ceremonial magic and who have had the very deep impression left in them that they also have been in touch with the Great White Brotherhood, with the Secret Chiefs, however they wish to define it, right? Uh, because what we're, we're talking about is just getting in touch with that, that transpersonal guidance, right? That guidance from these beings who are, are coming from this higher level, okay? And, of course, when we're working with the spirit world, 
right? We're working with something that's very uh, unknowable, right? And so a lot of the times when spirits interact with us, they can kind of take on the uh, the forms that we're expecting, right? They look into our own uh, uh, spiritual vocabulary and they can take on those forms. They can shift into a way that we can understand. And, you know, so humans like to think in terms of hierarchies, right? So it would make sense that if we are looking, if we're reaching out spiritually, that for a human, <laughs> you know, spirits might definitely be like, oh yeah, okay, here here's the hierarchy that you should be following. Here's what you should be working with. And that can really help get through to the human ego and say, well, you know, look, there's this this hier- hierarchy uh, to follow. And, uh, you know, I should turn my ego aside and then and, 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 uh, raise myself to more benevolent and higher aims, right? So this could be one thing happening. But no, I have absolutely, absolutely known people who definitely are left with the sense that they um, are in contact with with these guides, okay, with uh, the Great White Lodge, the Great White Brotherhood of uh, uh, Western Magic, uh, and also, um, you know, with the uh, the secret chiefs and with the saints of Sufism. So there is so many things going on. There really, uh, there really is a lot of possibilities out there. Now, why am I talking about the Great White Brotherhood, the Great White Lodge, and all this? Well, getting back to the question at the beginning, right? Is there a spiritual realm, or uh, let's rephrase it, is there a spiritual group that uh, can seduce you, can lead you off the path, and can use you? So, uh, yes, Yes, there absolutely are. And this is uh, something that uh, was actually discussed in a lot of uh, Western ceremonial magic uh, and occultism in the 1800s and and early 1900s as well. And this was the Black Lodge. And this was, you know, in in distinction to the Great White Brotherhood and the the White Lodge, right? So, you know, we're talking about light, light, you know, we're talking about uh, um, and benevolence. Well, the, the Black Lodge, right, is the Black Magicians. Right, that that's the idea there. The, the those who have turned to darkness, and the main in the occult literature, the main thing going on there is that these beings have given in to the ego. They have turned themselves over to the egoic mind. They do things for selfish reasons. They are now uh, t- focused on service to self. Right, and this is a very bad thing okay uh because absolutely you can here's the thing okay a lot of these things that you can do in shamanism and in western ceremonial magic and in witchcraft and all these things right um they don't to a certain extent to a certain extent uh they work regardless of your moral alignment and why I say that is because, um, in my own personal experience, a lot of what's going on here is working with spirits, right? So when you are um, when you are doing magic, let's say, right, and you're asking or you're doing law of attraction work, you are getting your your guardian spirit, your spiritual guides, to intercede on your behalf to help play with probabilities and stuff, and. Uh, um, the thing is, you know, there's positive spirits who will help you for positive aims, but at the same time, if you're doing negative things, right, um, you know, let's say really negative, right, like let's say you're through magic, you're trying for the death of someone, 
Um, well, that is something that there are certainly spirits out there who will help you with it. Okay, These are not going to be your guardian spirits. They're not going to be your spiritual guides. They are going to be beings who everything comes with a price and who feed on negativity. They feed on pain and suffering, right? That's their, their psychic food, okay? The, the, when, when a being is suffering and or a being is in fear or even a being in anger, right? They let out so much psychic energy that that is a food to certain beings. And so when you turn to... Uh, to the path of ego, when you turn to causing suffering, when you turn to, you know, using magic as a, a form of aggression, right? Uh, taking out your, your anger on people, destroying others. There are beings who will congregate around you. They'll become your friends. They'll help you get what you want, but then they'll get used to feeding on the destruction and on the, the negativity that you bring. And eventually they will begin to feed on you. And this is where um, so many ceremonial magicians and occultists who get into uh, their own ego and who go down this, this darker side, they end up destroyed, absolutely destroyed. Like they have nothing at the end. And this is because these spirits, they, you know, were giving them a quick fix. They were helping them out as they went. And then eventually, well, it was the pound of flesh of taking from them as well, taking from the, the, the occultist. You know, eventually these parasites that were feeding on the destruction that, you were, that this person was causing, uh, these parasites get hungry. And they start feeding on the person who they were congregating around, who they were waiting to cause destruction. Well, now they'll feed on him because they want more. So there absolutely are negative beings who um, <laughs> will, um, will feed on ego. And on, when you turn to the negative, when you turn to selfish things, right? Now, how does a person going through a spiritual awakening determine which way they're going to be pulled, whether they're, going to be whether they're going to be called towards that which is good and that which is of a higher purpose or to that which is the ego. Well, it's, rather, it's really easy. You can look at any intention that you have, any desire, and you can determine whether it's from the ego or whether it's from the higher self. It's a simple litmus test. It's as simple as this. Is this desire coming from a place of fear or anger or lust, uncertainty, fear, right? All these negative emotions. Is it coming from, from that? Or is it coming from love, compassion, and trust? And I can assure you that if you use this litmus test, you will always know whether something is coming from your ego or from your higher self. Whether a desire or um, a want that you feel is coming from a higher purpose, is in, is in uh, uh, harmony with uh, who you are at the deepest spiritual level, or if it is just from the selfish ego. Just ask, is this desire coming from a place of love, compassion, and trust in life, trust in the divine? Or is it coming from a place of fear, anger, lust, desire? Is it coming from any of these lower, more base uh, 
inspirations. And if you can live a life in accordance with your higher self, then you're not going to fall into this path of uh, joining <laughs> joining the wrong group, okay? And I will admit it is certainly a problem that's out there in the occult and certainly a problem that's out there in, in many spiritual systems that... Uh, when people start to get spiritual results, um, they can, their ego can become enlarged and they can become completely uh, full of themselves and uh, completely, um, they can elevate their sel- themselves in their own grandiosity. And uh, they, they change. They change. They're no longer spiritual seekers looking for truth they everything becomes about they think here's the irony right it's a situation where you think that you are at the utmost of spirituality right where you think that you are good and that everything you do is uh, for the right purposes right um and yet when when you actually analyze it it's your ego that is pretending to be your higher self. It's your ego that has gotten slippery. And it's pretending that these things that uh, you want at an ego level are actually, you know, crazy wisdom or, or something, that, uh, uh, something that should be freeing uh, spiritually for those who you are making go through this. Um, I guess one, you know what, I don't want to focus on any in particular, but I will, I will talk about one particular, uh, Rinpoche. Um, and I'm sure if you are aware of modern scandals in, in Tibetan Buddhism, uh, you will know about this particular, particular Rinpoche. And uh, he, uh, I, I, uh, he got into trouble <laughs> uh, near the end of his life. Uh, for, you know, really being brutal with some of the nuns uh, in his uh, care. And uh, uh, this was a really, really big author within the, within the Tibetan Buddhist community and, uh, and big uh, speaker and, you know, had many, many students throughout the world. And, uh, you know, there was a situation where, like, he, uh, he once punched a nun in the stomach in front of the, in front of his congregation. And, uh, he, um, he had a number of women that, uh, were working closely with him and he, uh, asked for, um, you know, nude photos of them and, and this type of thing. And, uh, there was some sexual stuff going on as well. And, you know, he apparently tried to pass it off as this idea of crazy wisdom, right? That uh, in certain spiritual traditions, such as uh, certain uh, parts of Buddhism, uh, it's this idea that you might have to experience this world, right? Experience certain things in order to have that click occur in your mind that allows you to disengage from them and to find nirvana even within um, within a uh, the most base experience 
and uh and so of course that that's something that uh that was being used really by this individual for the sake of his own ego his own aggrandizement at least that uh, honestly i find the 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 um I find the accounts of what went on to be definitely damning to the point where it's like, okay, you know, you were, uh, this was not crazy wisdom. This was not some tantric master who was, uh, you know, who was uh, helping to push his students that last mile towards enlightenment. Uh, this was someone who was causing a lot of harm and was um was bringing about a lot of uh pleasure for his own ego and maybe he thought that he was helping these people you know but in that case it's one of those moments where the ego is slippery and it will convince you that you are doing things for benevolent reasons when in fact it just wants something this is the fundamental thing to watch out for on the spiritual path. That your ego, your egoic mind, your personality, right? The programming that comes with your body, the mind that thinks constantly and that is not the true you. That ego is slippery and it can attempt to convince you of the, the goodness of a course of action that in fact is completely against your higher self but that ego wants it right it is slippery and so you always have to bear in mind you always have to think okay is this coming from my ego or is it coming from my higher self if you can follow your higher self you're going to do great one thing i want to mention before we close this out is that this idea of the great white brotherhood and the, and the black brotherhood right um this is definitely found uh, quite interestingly within uh, the, the show twin peaks and it's you know david lynch is a really interesting director he uh, a lot of the stuff he gets is from dreams and he puts stuff in his movies that he doesn't really understand even when he uh, puts it in he just wants to you know show things and uh and allow people to find their own meaning in it well one thing that's in twin peaks is the the white lodge and the black lodge and you get the sense in the show that it is two competing sets of spirits who uh um, are you know manipulating the course of events within the physical world and what's curious is that within twin peaks they have the spirits of the black lodge essentially feeding on the um, suffering of humans, right? That the food, the gorgonzola of the, um, of the Black Lodge is, um, is human suffering. And there is a lot of interesting, interesting things going on there in terms of uh, the fact that spirits certainly do feed on certain um, psychic energies and, and human emotions. Uh, even in the case of a simple haunting, human fear is fed upon by a spirit very strongly, and human fear can empower spirit to do a lot more in terms of manifestation. And it can cause, as I've discussed before, this upwards um, 
this upward spiral where, you know, the more fear it gets from you, the more things that it can do to inspire that fear. And so a haunting gets worse and worse because its investment in each action, uh, haunting action, gets fear, more fear from you. It gets, man, it gets stronger and stronger, right? So, uh, yes, it's, it's curious that this is reflected in, uh, uh, in David Lynch's Twin Peaks. Uh, but honestly, it's uh, not surprising considering uh, uh, David Lynch's use of uh, dreams. There's a lot of truth that comes through in dreams. So, um, yes, a lot of interesting ideas here. Um, you know, one, one last example of an extreme case of all this is the idea of the skinwalker within, um, uh, within the American Southwest the skinwalker is a shaman who um, has turned completely towards the ego. And this is a being who no longer... Just, you know, the shaman is supposed to be of service to their community, right? A skinwalker is a being who has completely turned to service to self, who has completely turned into the ego, who uses their skills completely for themselves. And there's a lot of... Uh, the, the idea is deeply seated. And part of it is that the skinwalker, the, the being who will become the skinwalker, who will have these heightened powers that they can use for negative ends has to do absolutely a dreadful things to become a skinwalker. Um, this is pretty dark, so um, uh, trigger warning here. Um, but one of the, the ways in which a skinwalker, the, the ceremony is said, uh, in which a skinwalker um, dedicates himself to the next stage in his life as a skinwalker and becomes that, is by basically sacrificing a family member. So you can imagine this is an incredibly, I mean, this is one of the darkest things you can do, right? I mean, you can, and, and uh, so after that, of course, there's no going back, right? I mean, after that, um, you can feel the sickness that overcomes that being, right? And so after that, you know, after that, there's only service to self. This is a being who is going to need massive healing when they get to the other side. Um, but this is why I'm saying that certain spiritual skills and abilities uh, can exist regardless of whether you work with uh, beings of the light or beings of the dark, beings that prey upon suffering and pain. And so certain people within certain traditions certainly can become conduits for something that is far more negative and that feeds upon pain and suffering and that eventually will destroy the very being that they've been using to wreak pain and suffering in this world. So that's, that's, yeah. so sorry to go really dark and deep with this one, but that's something to always watch out for, whether you are following the path of the ego or following the path of the higher self. And 
And ultimately, there are beings who will work with you either way, okay? If you follow the path of the ego, you um, will find negative beings who will pretend to be your friend and who will help you in the short term and destroy you in the long term. And if you follow the path of light and goodness, there are spiritual beings like the Brotherhood or like the, um, the, spirit, the spiritual chiefs who will help to uh, guide you in this life. So, you know, there's... It um, was a surprisingly simple question, but there's a lot, a lot to unpack there. And, uh, you know, so ultimately that is... Uh, my answer to the question of is there another realm out there where you're tricked into joining during your spiritual awakening well there's not another realm but there is certainly paths that you can go down after a spiritual awakening because ultimately okay when you become more aware spiritually aware that doesn't necessarily mean that you're always overcoming your ego your ego can be very sneaky it can take control and you can be moving into areas of higher spiritual awareness and spiritual ability but being guided and working for your ego and that you know that leads you to make the wrong spiritual friends that leads you to make the wrong spiritual decisions and eventually can be very harmful to yourself and to the people around you and look you just have to look through the uh the spiritual literature and the occult literature, and you'll find many examples of people who went down that path. But if you follow the path of your higher self, if you look towards the light, if you look towards love and compassion and trust, there are absolutely spiritual beings who will help guide you to higher levels of that and will help guide you to be in service to yourself and others and your community. So absolutely, Absolutely, there is, um, there are dangers lying in the spiritual path, but keep your heads, you know, keep your wits to yourself, and always ask: Is this action coming from a place of love, compassion, and trust? You know, are those the inspirations for this desire, this want, this action, or is it coming from a place of fear, lust, desire? uncertainty is it coming from that and uh just always follow the path of love compassion and trust and you will never fall off the path so <laughs> that's my long-winded answer to this very interesting question so everyone have a wonderful day lots of love and light take care and i'll talk to you later bye bye